Hi, Insiders. Welcome back to a new episode of Disney Movie Insiders Presents. Today, we're taking a trip to one of my personal favorite destinations, Italy, with Disney and Pixar's Luca. Luca is set in the town of Portoroso on the Italian Riviera. It's a coming-of-age story about one young boy who experiences an unforgettable summer along with his newfound best friend. However, there is a secret beneath the surface. They are sea monsters from another world. All you have to say is Italy, and I'm in. I also love that we're going to discover how life below the surface comes on land in the form of Luca, a sea monster who can appear as a human. He's truly adorable in all forms. I'll go ahead and admit it now, I will be eating gelato when I give this movie a watch. I can't wait! I'm clearly excited, and to get you guys just as excited, before Luca releases on Disney Plus this Friday, we're going to give you all the insider's information from the filmmakers themselves. Today, we're welcoming director Enrico Casarosa and producer Andrea Warren, production designer Daniela Strigileva, and the voice of Luca, Jacob Tremblay. There's so much to experience in the town of Puerto Rosso, and we thought this insider's fact would really make us splash. Keep an eye out for the local cinema, and you'll see a poster inspired by Walt Disney's 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. So next up, insiders, we're going to dive right in with director Enrico Casarosa and producer Andrea Warren. Welcome, you two, to the show. Thanks. Hey, thank you. We're so excited to have you here and can't wait to talk all things Luca. I'm so excited for this film. Let's start with, where did the idea of the story come from? You know, there, there's usually two places very often where our ideas come a little bit of a personal uh, connection and then more of the fantastical side. So for absolutely the, the heart of this story is uh, my friendship with my best friend. I met him when I was 11. His name is really Alberto. And uh, we, I was a shy kid, a little timid, a little bit sheltered by my family. And he was a bit of a troublemaker who had a lot of freedom from his family. And so it was really uh, the, the, this wish to talk about friendships that kind of transform us, that, that get us out of our comfort zone. We, he dragged me in a lot of fun adventures. Um, so that was really at the heart of the, the, the relationship we wanted to talk about is the friendships that, that really are part of finding ourselves. The other part is that I grew up in Italy, you know, my best friend and I were running around the, the beaches and, and the rocks uh, and the coastal towns of the Riviera by Genova, which is a very special place for me. So I have a lot of memories there and it was such a fun place. It was full of cliffs to jump off of uh, beautiful aqua green waters. So we had a very special fun time. And so we also wanted to talk about the summers of our youth uh, in general. And then Sea Monsters, the other <laughs> last element, uh, comes a little bit from some fun legends that are in the area. And uh, also the fact that I love those old ancient maps with these wonderfully designed, you know, sea monsters that were so much about uh, the unknown and our fear of the unknown of the sea. So the, those, those are the elements that kind of came together in Luca. I love that it's so personal but then it's also mixed with the legend of it all, like in terms of the sea monsters, these legends that you grew up hearing. How long have you been working on this film? They do take a while. We, we kind of often use, uh, you know, analogies in the marathon uh, realm. It, it was around five years of work from the first pitch and then we start developing it and we start writing the script and then we really do a lot of screenings and storyboards and then, you know, the last, year and a half to two of full production. 
when you're really making the shots, making the characters, making the sets. It's a long, it's a long process. Nobody can ever believe how long it takes us to make these movies. You know, I think it's like sometimes, you know, people say, Enrico, you know, what about your next movie? And, you know, you're like, well, it won't be for another five years, at least, you know, it's hard to just get your head around a timeline that's like longer than college, you know. It looks like it's going to be a beautiful film. And we're so excited that we're in the home stretch now where we can all see it. And I'm sure you guys must be feeling that excitement, too. So congratulations on being right up to the finish line here. How did you decide to set the story in Italy in the mid-century era? That's a, a great question. I did not grow up in the in the 50s and 60s of Italy, but um, yeah, I was more in the 80s. I thought there were a few key um, factors that were so interesting in that era. First, it's a golden era of cinema. So a lot of the wonderful cinema of, of Fellini, De Sica, and all those wonderful old movies were a big inspiration. Um, the music of the period. Italian 50s and 60s music was something that I really loved. And with a summer movie, a coming of age movie, I knew that the songs were going to, they, they, you know, had to be a big part of the experience. And then the design of that era, like the the Vespas from the late 50s are so beautiful. There is just something so clean and beautiful about those old vehicles. So in, in a weird way, I do feel by setting it very specific in that kind of slightly old, you know, 1950s and 60s, we wanted to make it more timeless. And I think that's what's the appeal of that, you know, of that specific era. But I'm sure people are going to feel a lot of like nostalgia too, just to look back on how it's represented in this movie. Which character would each of you say you most relate to? Ooh, that's a really fun one. Well, I definitely am, uh, you know, Luca in, in many ways. Um, <laughs> I was I was a bit timid. I definitely had a Bruno in my head. <laughs> a little <laughs> bit of, uh, you know, Bruno is this weird idea of, of naming your own insecurities. It's journey. Um, it's my journey in many ways in a way that, you know, my friend helped me kind of get out of my comfort zone. Well, I think there is something powerful in naming things that helps us talk about internal things. I mean, I think Pete Doctor such, did such a great job of that in Inside Out for us to especially talk with kids, you know, about feelings and, and how to find the right balance. I hope Silencio Bruno is a continuation of that, something that makes it easier and uh, to just talk about things that are happening inside our heads. As far as a character, I, I'm definitely also a Luca. It took me a long time to kind of find my voice. I admire Julia a lot. So I'm an aspiring Julia, but I, 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 my journey is Luca for sure. I love the blend there. I'm sure we can all relate to that. So Enrico, you've worked on many Pixar films since Cars and you directed the Pixar short La Luna. What elements does Luca share with other Pixar movies and what is unique about this movie? We always strive to, to really tell heartfelt stories deeply immersive a lot of emotion we want to give you a nice roller coaster ride of emotion of fun but also make you feel something and make you feel sad at times make you feel all those wonderful different emotions so we worked hard to make sure that that was the pixar promise that we delivered on and also immersive i feel like a lot of our movies have been so wonderfully immersive in different cultures so it's just like coco or, or or any of our other movies that really, or Ratatouille, for example, that re we really wanted to take you to Italy. We wanted to take you to a place and really immerse you in the beauty of that place. 
And that's a good segue into what we wanted to do a little differently because we wanted to bring a slightly different style to the visuals. Coming from La, La Luna, where I had kind of really tried to achieve a illustrative, almost like a kid's book look, the beautiful textures. We, we did a lot of the textures in, in La Luna in pastels and watercolors. I like to bring that warmth to the computer world in a similar way we wanted to push it even further and find a stylized look that was really would be really like a dive into this uh, beautiful seawater still immersive but beautifully designed the beautiful waves of a certain pattern uh, the splashes are a little simpler it's just trying to um, really kind of get down to the, the, the most lyrical kind of details of the place. And it's, it's in search of a certain sense of nostalgia, but also playfulness of, of this world, of a kid's world. And I just love to kind of make sure that we design these a little bit like jumping into a kid's book, into a painting. I mean, even your description right there, I felt like I was transported to Italy. So, um, <laughs> sold. Sign me up right here. <laughs> so... Andrea, you yeah. had a storied career at Pixar 2, including such classics as Cars 3 and Brave. How have you, as the producer, collaborated with Enrico and the other filmmakers to create Luca? Yeah, I mean, I think my biggest mission as a producer is to get the unique vision of the director on the screen and to help the director collaborate with the, the larger team. I mean, we end up having really large teams of several hundred people. And as we've said, it takes, you know, somewhere around five years to do it. So I think that a lot of it is um, trying to preserve that sensibility throughout all of those years of trying and searching. And I think with Enrico, I, I love that poetic sensibility that, that he showcased in La Luna. And so in this case, I really felt like my biggest mission was to help make sure we always had that in sight as we were creating different scenes and the whole film, that it, it always captured that really unique sensibility that Enrico has. Okay, so what messages from the movie and its characters do you want audiences to walk away with? I think there's a lot of wonderful messages in here. I mean, we've talked a little bit about Silencio Bruno, especially for kids. I, I love that our, our films reach kids. They're growing up. They're really, you know, um, inundated with all of the messages around them that, that make them feel insecure. They're trying to figure out who they are. They're trying to fit in. All of these things are happening at the same time. And, and I think it's really powerful to name the thing inside your mind that is that is holding you back so that you can kind of engage with it. And instead of being ruled by it, you know, you can recognize that it's actually separate from you. You know, you don't have to listen to it. And I think that's really powerful. That's one of the messages in the film that I just love. To chime in with another one, of course, you know, we really hope, you know, we kept on saying our goal is for the audience to come out of the theater and if you're a kid, appreciate your best friend and, and, and go have an adventure. And if you're an adult or a tiny bit more grown up is, again, think back to that kid. There's nothing like connecting to the kid inside us. I feel like that's something I think a lot about. Um, and then picking up that phone and maybe calling that friend you haven't heard from for, for a long time. And I think what's wonderful about those conversations in my experience, even from afar, because we always, you know, the, the world often separates us and sends us in, in our own different path. After five minutes, you're back to where you were when you were, you know, 12 or 13. So that was, um, 
uh, uh, one of the, the big wishes to really think about the wonderful friendships and how we carry them inside us. That's the other big part of the movie that, you know, it, they really, especially with friendships that are very, we, with people that are very different from us. I think they're so enriching. They kind of, we, we carry a little piece of that person in, in us as we go on into the world. That was really the themes that we were hoping people would, would kind of, uh, take away from the movie. Very powerful. You're transporting us to another place, almost another world too with sea monsters. But at the end of the day, it's all about the heart and really just connecting everyone to their old friends, to their experiences. It's really, really cool. And thank you so much for being here to share your stories with us. Thanks for having us. Uh, yeah, that was really fun. Thanks so much. Ciao. So now that we know how Luca came together, we're going to go further beneath the surface of Luca with production designer Daniela Strizleva. Daniela, welcome to the show. So excited to have you here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here as well. I'm excited because I know that you joined Pixar in 2008. You're a part of the family. So let's kick things off because we'd love to hear about your Pixar journey and the films that led to Luca. Yeah, of course. Um, I mean, it's a much longer journey than that. And I just want to acknowledge that because I come all the way from Bulgaria and it feels like it's such a dream. You know, I was a mm. Disney fan since I was maybe like eight years old. Um, but yeah, I worked, uh, I started at Pixar. I worked on Toy Story 3. Um, as a character designer, uh, I worked on uh, Monsters University. I worked on The Good Dinosaur. There's so many great films and so many different things. Um, I worked on Coco and Toy Story 4. So it's been a, an amazing journey and, and such a fun thing to get to know everybody and to, to be part of the family. And what movies you worked on, though? I mean, how cool. Just, you know, you're throwing these names out and I'm like, yeah. hello. No, I those don't. are amazing to me. <laughs> like, I'm over here, like, geeking out over <laughs> all the work that you've done. So you talked about the different roles that you've played in your other work. For this film, you're the production designer. Can you tell us what a production designer does on an animated film? And how does this differ from a production designer that works on live action films? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, there are some similarities and there are some differences. So a production designer um, kind of uh, oversees the entire look of the film. And you start early on with an art department, similar to the way that um, live action production designers work. But the difference is that we have to invent and build everything. You know, we don't, we can't go on set in a real place. We don't have the advantage of a real location. So we have to invent, uh, design, build that location and imagine it. So um, it's very arduous. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's a long process and it's a very collaborative process. I get to not only oversee the art team, but I also get to work with uh, all these wonderful um, other departments, you know, the lighting department, the, uh, the layout department. I get to work with the people who build and animate the characters. So it's a really, really fun and collaborative job, which is why I love that so much. Well, you imagine and then you create the world. So let's talk about Luca specifically and how you crafted the world of Puerto Rosso, which from everything I've seen, is so exciting. What kind of research went into your work on this film? Uh, just like any other Pixar film, we had to dive really deep into the world of the Cinque Terre. So this is obviously based on a real place. Our director, Enrico, grew up in Genova. It's right next to the Cinque Terre, and it's such a special place. That there are five little towns that are kind of very secluded. It's a national park that's, that's protected. Um, and we knew that we wanted to set the movie there because we're looking for kind of timelessness, you know, something that like it feels like these, these 
tiny little fishing towns could have, you know, existed a hundred years ago or could be something that you can relate to now. So the first thing that I was lucky to do is to go there with Enrico. And that's a wonderful thing because, you know, he kind of, I watched him become a child again and then kind of dive <laughs> in those waters and reconnect with his own childhood and, uh, t- you know, tell us about like all the things that he loved about the place. And we got to, um, begin imagining how to set, like how to take this location, these real locations and create our own. So Puerto Rosso is a uh, made up town, but it is obviously digging into all the the specificity of the the existing towns and kind of trying to figure out how can we um, create a world that feels believable, that feels timeless, but that people will recognize as that region. I am lucky because when I was a kid, I lived in Italy for two and a half years, around the same age that Luca was, you know, is in our film. And I think that from the very beginning, Enrico and I kind of connected on that level. He, because he grew up there and I, because I kind of felt like, you know, I don't know this movie, but I feel like I know this world and I think we can mm. craft it and create it together. Um, and it is, but it, it is more special when someone can draw from their own experiences. You know, I could just kind of, when I wasn't sure about something, I would be like, Enrico, does this feel right? Do you remember it that way? Do you remember mm. the color of the water that way? Do you remember uh, the colors of the towns that way? Does this feel like the right scale for the town? Uh, and, and it was just such a, wonderful gut check, you know, because he grew up there and he, he knows those places inside out. I love it. We're going to see a different level of authenticity in this film. And again, I can't wait to see Italy up on screen in this way. I mean, I love Italy, so (laughs) I can't wait to see it. Um, okay. So the human world versus sea monster world. How did you approach land versus sea visually? It's interesting because the land came together first. You know, obviously it's a, it's a real location based on the Cinque Terre. We went there, we studied it. Uh, and I should mention too, you know, this is a period film. It's set in the 1950s. So there's mm-hmm. also that whole aspect of um, digging into the history, looking at mm-hmm. photos from the time and kind of figuring out how is it different from today. Um, I would say that the the human world it's it's colorful it's warm toned it has to feel like summer there's all these vertical buildings and the underwater world came together a little bit later like it was a more difficult thing to create it took Mm. all of the four years that we were on working and designing the film to kind of craft it um and that's because the story naturally kind of had different challenges underwater and on the one hand, we wanted to be true to the research, like the colors of the Mediterranean, the vegetation mm-hmm. that we saw there. But at the same time, these are sea monsters that are completely <laughs> coming out of our imagination and some legends that we, you know, that we uh, encountered or read about. Um, so we wanted that to kind of, we wanted to expand that world of, ima- of, our, of uh, our imagination. Uh, and it's a much more organic, sinuous, simple world. You know, these these um, sea monsters are farmers, so it's a very quiet life. Um, you'll see everything is always moving underwater. Mm-hmm. And the other thing I would say is that their dwellings, their houses are very organic too. They kind of have elements of like seashells and the materials that we used are obviously inspired by uh, what we saw underwater there when we're swimming in the water, uh, but also some traditional Italian kind of rural houses. Um, so it, 
it was a very different approach than designing the above water world, which was in a way simpler. Well, it looks great. How do you and the artist translate the visual development artwork into the computer generated world that we see? I'm so glad that people are kind of picking up on that just from the trailers and, and the teaser that we've released. But, you know, people are saying, and when we tried really hard for that, is that it's a stylized world. It's different from Soul. It's different from some of the films that we've made from Onward, which I also worked on. I forgot to say that. I worked on Onward, too. <laughs> um, um, but our world is a little bit more stylized. It kind of... Uh, is it's very um, textural. It's very storybook-like, which if, you know, the Disney fans, if they know La Luna, which is Enrico mm-hmm. short film, if they know his artwork, there's a very picture book quality to it. And mm-hmm. both he and I really wanted that kind of to capture that since the beginning. Now, creating that in the computer is hard because when you draw, when you paint in watercolors by hand, there's all these accidental kind of imperfections but the computer just wants to make straight lines, you know? So so we had to work really hard with our, with our technical teams to infuse our characters, infuse our sets with these imperfections, these artist touches like brush strokes on the buildings or a different kind of watercolory texture on the skin as opposed to real pores and real details. So you, hopefully the audience will feel that you know they won't be thinking about it but hopefully they'll feel that kind of handmade look which is you know more time consuming more labor intensive and much more collaborative to arrive to between the art department and the other teams so i'm really proud of that on this phone is there anything you would say we should keep an eye out for no spoilers no spoilers <laughs> but is there anything that you think we should be on the lookout for uh, the usual easter eggs you'll have to look out for that i don't want to say too much because it's you know we haven't and the movie's almost released but you know i can't wait for people to kind of pick up on on things the thing that's special about this one is that uh, one of the components that makes the world feel like that time period is all of the graphics, the graphic design in, in the town, the signs and all that stuff. And I think especially to our Italian audiences, this is going to be resonant because we were, uh, you know, they're like the, the piazza or the town square name is uh, a favorite author of Enrico's. All these like street names have special names and kind of significant um you know, details that we've put like that both visually and and kind of uh, in the graphics of, of the film. So I'm really excited about that part of it, too. He makes it really kind of unique and specific. OK, do you have a favorite environmental design within the film or favorite character design? Totally. Uh, and I think that they relate. It's a really uh, charming world. But for whatever reason, I am in love with Julia's house, both outside and inside. So Julia <laughs> is the, the friend that they make in town. and. I'm in love with her character design too. <laughs> so I think she's a really fun character that they get to meet. She's spirited. She's um, she's kind of unrelenting in a good way. Like she's uh, she's awkward. She's like me when I was a kid, you know. Uh, but I love um, the interior. There's a wonderful uh, dinner scene, and I'm a huge fan of dinner scenes in movies where there's a lot of tension and humor and i just love that set the interior we made it really small to contrast with massimo's giant scale because he had to be intimidating to the boys Um, and we've put so many wonderful both time period details and also ligurian or liguria is the region where uh, the cinque terre are specific regional details into that set so that it feels like a 
fisherman's house so that it feels like an Italian house of the 50s. Uh, and there are all these little beautiful touches, artistic touches in that set. So it's my favorite. It's just a whole different layer of the storytelling for our fans to be in tune with. Speaking of our fans, like this is such a cool role that you hold. What piece of advice would you tell someone that wants to be a production designer in animation someday? Of course, it, that it's possible. You know, like I come from so far away. I come from Bulgaria, Eastern Europe. When I was a kid, I remember thinking um, I had a set of stamps. Like I didn't even have the Disney films. We didn't have that, like I didn't have a VHS. I had, my my sister and I collected stamps and I have these stamps with uh, shots from Snow White and from Sleeping Beauty. And I remember thinking, wow, this is kind of magical. And then when I lived in Italy, I um, saw The Little Mermaid and I saw that song, mm-hmm. Part of Your World. And I was like, it was the first time when I realized I think somebody's job is to animate this stuff. Like somebody has that job. Like these films don't just exist. Like people make them. Um, And that felt like such a dream and foreign thing to me. But, you know, like through hard work, I kept drawing and I kept, you know, I went to school for animation. I would just say to anyone who wants to do this, that it is possible that you have to be interested uh, in art, that you have to keep at it, keep drawing, uh, and that it's absolutely possible. You know, I I did character design, I did set design, and here I am uh, without ever having even dreamt that I could do this, but here here I am, and I did it. So I feel so lucky, for sure. It's true. It was a dream. It kind of manifested over time, and it became what it is now. Congratulations on this film, on having us get to see it and for all the work that you've done on this movie we're so excited to see it and thank you for the time and for the insight into production design thank you so much our final guest from luca is luca himself jacob tremblay welcome to the show jacob we're so excited to have you here yeah thank you for having me so tell us about your character Luca is uh, very, very timid at the beginning of the movie. I mean, he's, he's, he's quite shy. He has big dreams of exploring the surface of, of Italy, but um, unfortunately, like under the under the sea, there's a bit of conflict between sea monsters and humans, and they both fear each other. So um, he, he's not really able to uh, be able to go on the surface because it's quite dangerous. Okay, so what was it like voicing a character in an animated movie? Well, I, I've done a couple of animated roles before. But uh, Luca was was very very different. One really cool thing that Enrico the in the Enrico the director did was he let us do like a lot of improv, which I love. And usually you don't you're not really able to do a lot of improv with um animated films or TV shows because you know you're just reading off lines. But you know we were kind of able to go off script sometimes. I feel like it added a whole new special aspect to it. How did you prepare for your voice recording sessions? How did you get in that state of mind? And then also just in general, like technically, how did you get in the zone? A big part of it, um, especially for a Pixar movie, you know, you, ha- you have to have a lot of energy. But you know, when you're when you're filming um, live action, you know, your your energy kind of has to be more real. But, you know, as you can see in the in the trailer for, for Luca, you know, you, there's a lot there's a lot more like vocal vocal skills that are required i guess like like different types of grunts and you know sounds but um another another cool part was at the beginning of recording this um i was actually able to go to the pixar studio because we started recording before COVID hit so i was able to go there and in the in the little booth that i was recording they had like all these posters up of characters from luca so i was able to you know look at those pictures on the wall the the uh, the art of like the different characters and I could see who I was talking to and that would also help my performance. How cool is that? You got to walk onto the campus like that. I also thought you were going to say prep wise, you were like, 
I just ate gelato all day, every day for my recording session. I mean, that is the dream. <laughs> okay, well, so this is a Disney movie fan podcast for Disney Movie Insiders. Are you ready to take on the Insider Five? I'm ready. Um, I'm, I'm, I, I prepared, you know, I, ha, I'm pretty ready. <laughs> okay, here we go. What is your earliest memory of being a Disney movie fan? Pixar is like fairly new. I mean, their first movie was, you know, from the 90s. So I was born in 2006. So right when I was born, pretty much uh, Pixar was a thing, a big part of my life. I mean, I had a lot of cars, you know, merchandise. You know, I had a bunch of like Lightning McQueen toys and, and I would watch the movie all the time. Oh, that's a great one. It's a very good pick. Okay, so what inspired you to want to be an actor? I started because my, my older sister, Emma, started doing commercials and, you know, for fun. And I started doing those also for fun. And then I did my first movie, Smurfs 2. And that's when my career, you know, really started off because um, at that point I was, I was so little and, you know, it was mainly, you know, for fun. And it still pretty much is for me. My parents, you know, they asked me if this is something that I continued wanting to, if I wanted to continue doing if it, you know, really interested me. And, you know, I said yes, because, um, you know, when you're when you're that age, um, you really have a big imagination. So doing acting is, you know, a great way to, you know, express those feelings. And then, yeah, I did Room. It opened up a, a lot more opportunities. Okay, so it's Disney karaoke night. What song do you sing? I would say I would want to go for maybe Let It Go, but I feel like, you know, other people would kind of choose that song too, so. It's a good pick. If you want to throw in another one there, though, we respect that. It's a good pick, though. That one song from Hercules, the one where he's, um... Go the Distance? Yeah, yeah, that one. Yeah. I, I, I kind of like that song. I think maybe that'd be cool. I get it. Yeah. It's a good inspirational song, so... I yeah, it's, it's a good song. Clearly, you like that movie, too. Look at you're such a big Disney fan. We love it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's a big part of me. Disney movies, when you're, when you're a kid, you know, you watch them all the time, so you can kind of relate to these characters and I feel like you know everyone can relate to Hercules a bit so you know it's kind of cool to uh you know actually be a part of a Disney movie now and hopefully you know other kids my age will be able to look up to Luca the same way I looked up to Hercules or Lenny McQueen. Jacob I literally like a little tear almost came to my eye because it's true it's really cool you're the next generation oh. okay so this one this is this is a tricky question if you could only ride one ride all day at a Disney park which would it be? I'm thinking that like, you know, you'd want to get like the, the best thrill out of it, which would be, you know, California Screaming or now the Incredicoaster. But if you're doing it all day, all day long, it is, it is, you know, you might get a little sick. So I'm thinking of maybe like a smaller roller coaster. So probably Thunder Mountain or Space Mountain. Those are my two picks. I mean, I would love to, to go on Pirates of the Caribbean right now, but I feel like if you're doing that all day also, it would, it would get a little bit boring, but yeah, I mean, that's a good pick. I would have to say Thunder Mountain because it's also outside. So you get to you get to see, you know, around and maybe you'll be even riding it during the fireworks, which is cool. Okay, I've got to say, this is one of the most unique thought out answers to this question, because not only did you think of, yes, over and over and over, but the environment, your outdoors, and you yeah. even threw in the fireworks there. You wouldn't want to be inside the whole time at Disneyland. Jacob, for the win on that. Well done. Okay, here we go. Which Disney character has the best life advice, and what is it? Honestly, a big one that comes to my mind right now is Dory. You know, just keep swimming. It's it's still very, very true, and I mean, just keep swimming. I mean, you know, you just can't give up. If you're, if you're doing something, you kind of feel, you know, unmotivated. 
that can kind of, you know, help you just keep just keep going, just keep swimming. What a great answer. And I got to say a really good close out to that, because I think the blue waters of Finding Nemo, of Finding Dory. And then I also see the blue waters in the movie Luca that you're in. So. Yeah, it's true. Look at you right there. OK, well, you know what, Jacob, you just took on the insert of five. You took on the Let's Insider go. 5 so well. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. We can't wait to see this movie. Thank you for having me. That was fun. Oh, good. I'm so glad you had a great time. And we all can't wait to see Luca. Thank you so much. That's our show. Thank you for joining us. Luca releases this Friday, June 18th on Disney+. And we can't wait for you all to experience this film. So you don't miss any upcoming episodes, subscribe and follow Disney Movie Insiders Presents. And while you're there, we'd love if you gave us a rating and review. Take a swim on over to DisneyMovieInsiders.com or our app and enter bonus code PORTOROSSO. That's spelled P-O-R-T-O-R-O-S-S-O. The code expires July 31st, 2021 at 11.59 p.m. Pacific time. Membership is required. Limit one redemption per account. Visit DisneyMovieInsiders.com for terms and conditions. We'll catch you next time, Insiders, with more Disney Movie Magic.